Good morning. Uh, some of you know me, some of you don't. Uh, my name is Stuart Funk, and I am not a pastor here at Hope Covenant Church. Uh, I did sleep in a Holiday Inn once, but it was a long time ago, and I don't think it's irrelevant. So I've been with, uh, I've actually been coming to Hope here, my, the wife and I, since uh, around May 2013. Uh, I actually became a member a little over a year and a half ago, roundabout, and I'm involved with our Hope Kids, which is our K through fifth grade. I'm involved with the Aftershock program, which is an awesome program for children sixth grade on through their senior year. Um, I'm part of the men's group because we meet at Saturdays for breakfast. It's awesome. Uh, I, I help with BMW, our Bishop Butler Mission Week, and um, I'm also on the uh, church softball team. <laughs> Sign-up sheets are in the back. I am so happy you all joined us today. It's, it's great to see all of you here today. And like Amber said, uh, we're here to talk about the family. Last week, we talked about Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah had to rebuild the wall, but he couldn't do it by himself. He needed to incorporate his friends and family and a whole community over generations. We learned that together we can make a difference. And we also learn that you don't mess with mom and dad when they're protecting their young. We're, uh, we talked a little bit about phases of a child's life. There it is. A phase is a timeline in a kid's life when you can leverage distinct opportunities to influence a kid's future. And whether you're a parent or not, this applies to you. We all have stories from adults that came into our lives that shaped our future and changed us. So today we're going to begin talking about six things that every kid needs. To illustrate this, I'm going to ask Stacy Rickard to come forward and join me. Stacy is one of our leaders in Hope Kids. Good morning. It works. Okay, Stuart, you want me to explain this display we Would have? Would you please? Okay. <laughs> As you can see, um, we've got seven jars up here. Um, they could be filled with anything. Right now they're filled with jelly beans. But this is to illustrate and help us as, as parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, whatever, to be intentional with our time. Um, similar to the video, this um, jar is full of 936 jelly beans. This is when a child is born. From birth to the age 18, they have 936 weeks with you. It goes down from there. Um, and like I said, the idea is to take one jelly bean out a week in order to remind yourself, you know, one less week with my kids, what am I going to do to um, make a difference, be intentional, and, and be with them. Um, this is about a two-year-old. This is kindergarten. This is uh, third, about third grade, sixth grade, freshman, and senior year. You're down to 52 jelly beans. So um, we have, 
if you would like more resources on this, please find me because we have a, a multitude of resources that is just really, really cool to help support families at these different stages. Um, but something to think about is, you know, the practice of losing a jelly bean every week can just have a really strange um, impact on families, positive and negative. <laughs> um, this illustration uh, illustrates the collective value of time. Um, it helps us see what we, would, what we would say is time over a period of time. And then lastly, um, when you see like how much time you have left as it goes down, you tend to get serious about the time that you have right now with your kid, what you have left. Um, think of it as kind of a visual countdown clock. There's something about putting a number to the actual weeks you have with a kid or teenager that helps you see your time in a smarter way. Awesome. Thank you, Stacy. You know, this really isn't an original idea. It actually, uh, Moses suggested something similar to this in Psalms 90, verse 12, when he said, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. It is such an interesting concept when you number the days of weeks that you have with your child. And it tends to make you use them more wisely. Here's a fun little exercise. Uh, don't do it right now because it takes a little bit of time. But if you get a chance, download or go to a website, numberyourdays.com. Put in your birthday. It will tell you the number of days that you have been alive. Mine are 18,213. So you guys get to do the math. Way to go. Thanks. I was going to have fun with that for a while now. Does this mean you have to make every second count? Turn every minute into a teaching moment? Keep a daily journal and record everything? No, it doesn't. Not unless you want to drive yourself and those around you crazy. Isn't that right, dear? Here's a better idea. What if you just decide to take one week at a time? If you want to... If you could, somehow, learn to pace yourself better as a parent or a leader. The power of this illustration, this next illustration, is that it reminds you of two things that are both true and also, uh, both true at the same time. First illustration is every week matters, and it does. The second illustration is you don't have to get it all done in the next, in one week. This one visual shows you the worth of every week and also shows you how weeks add up. They add up collectively and they become very powerful. In some ways, actually, this can take some pressure off of you because you can relax and simply decide to be a weekly leader or a weekly parent. Realizing that you can't get everything done in one day. You can't get everything done in one week. All weeks are not even created equally. Some weeks will work better than others, but don't panic. 
because Rome was not built in a day, nor was Rome built in a week. That's why we think, as we're losing our jelly beans, it helps us to realize how precious time truly is. And that is why we say it's not just time that matters, it's time over time. You don't have to make every second count when you understand that what you do this week is connected to next week and the next week. You're spending time with your kids or kids, period. And you know why this is important? Do you, do you know why it's important to think that way? Because time over time will eventually make history. Let's face it. Most kids don't know what you're doing today or this week is going to affect them or how it's going to affect them. They're just kids. The only thing they're concerned about is the here and now and whether the car has gas in it. To them, you just went fishing. You just went camping. You just threw the ball in the back of the yard, played basketball in the park, went for a little run or a bicycle ride. But you have the gift. You have the broader perspective. You can see yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So you should know better. You should realize that by being present in a child's life week after week after week in a variety of different ways, you're really actually making history. And you know what? Any parent or leader can do this. Anyone. As long as you decide to show up and be present in their life week after week after week. When what you do this week is repeated next week, and then the following week, it has kind of an accumulative effect. The problem is, you can't always see the results. You can't always see that the time you're spending with them, what it's actually accomplishing. But there's a reason you can't see the immediate results. Think about this. The reason you can't see spiritual growth is because it's spiritual. The reason you can't see the result of special moments or predict special moments is because they're so unpredictable. But it doesn't mean something spiritually isn't happening, and it doesn't mean something special isn't going to occur. The best thing you can do is just to keep investing in your children. Keep investing in what you cannot see. To keep being present for what's not happening right now. To keep trusting that time, over time, will do exactly what God has designed it to do. Here's another thing to think about. Time was created. So then obviously it has a purpose, right? It's no accident that the earth spins around um, on its equator at a thousand miles per hour. It's no accident that the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. It's no accident that the seasons change from spring to summer to fall to winter 
And thanks that we're in Kansas, that happened just last week. It just seems obvious that time exists for a purpose. Have you ever stopped to think that maybe God established time as a platform so he could communicate something so complex that it needed to be presented strategically over time? Why didn't God send Jesus right after Adam and Eve ate the fruit? I mean, he could have solved all our problems right then and there. But he waited. He used time. He gave Abraham a son after a long period of time. He let Joseph sit in jail for a period of time. He sent Moses to deliver a nation. And he let a nation wander around in a desert for decades. Have you ever thought of why he did this? It was as if God decided, I can help you understand something that time, uh, excuse me, I can help you understand something with time that you could never really understand in a moment. There are aspects of God's nature, secrets about life, codes about the universe that are so intricate and simply, they simply take time to decipher. If a heavenly father can use time to clarify and solidify certain values in our, time, in our heart over time, then over time may be the best way to cultivate what matters in the hearts of our own children as well. In other words, some of the most significant gifts that we can give the next generation is what we give them over time. What makes you think, or what, what makes, that's what makes what you do this week and next week and next week very, very important. That's just the way life works. That's why we hope you never see a week the same way again. Even when you can't see changes, just trust that what you are doing matters. That's why it helps sometimes to visualize how much time you have, as presented here with the jelly beans. It's just not 936 jelly beans. It's your time. And that was, that's the first one that we wanted to talk about. Time is the first thing that every kid needs. Time over time creates history. That's why you keep showing up. Now, the second thing every kid needs is love. This one might seem a little bit obvious, but you know, a lot of things wouldn't make sense if it weren't for love. Just take music, for example. Without love, the blues would be beige. Country, country music would be all about beer and trucks. Rock and roll would have to have a lot more guitar solos. And rap? Rap would just be rap. Without love, there would be no Whitney, no Aretha, no Dolly, no Elvis, no Elton, Eagles, Beatles, or Barry White. But let's face it, love is just love. It's a second-hand emotion. Come on, everybody. No? You're right, it's easier when you sing. Uh, until you put it over time. Then it does something amazing. Love over time accomplishes something so powerful 
we often miss it. We were created, it, we were created to love. That means the children and teenagers around you were designed to be loved and to love. So you are in a unique position to demonstrate the incredible thing that love over time can really do in the life of a child. You'd think we'd understand by now the thing that love over time can do, but, it, but it's easy to get busy and soon forget. And soon forget to make love a priority. It's kind of like the Pharisees. They were religious leaders. They believed in God. They actually spent a lot of time learning what they thought God wanted or what mattered to God. They worked hard at keeping the rules. They showed up at the temple consistently. They prayed longer and harder than anybody else. They studied the scriptures relentlessly. But they were so busy doing important things, they missed the most important thing. The greatest commandment is to love your Lord, your God, with all your mind, soul, and strength. And there's a second part to the great commandment. That is just, that's just as important as the first part. Love your neighbors as yourself. This is so important, it is actually repeated in three books. Matthew 22, verse 37 through 39. Mark 12, verse 30 through 31. And Luke 10, verse 27. Let me paraphrase it just a little bit. Love matters. Let me elaborate a little bit. Loving God matters. Loving yourself matters. And loving people matters. Actually, the greatest commandment makes several points all at once about love. Loving God helps you love yourself. Loving God helps you love others. Loving yourself helps you love God. Loving yourself helps you love others. Loving others helps you love yourself. And loving others helps you love God. All of these are true at the same time. But before you get too opinionated about the overemphasis of love, remember who said it. And be careful not to minimize what Jesus maximized. That's why love over time happens to be the best way children know that they matter. When you love them consistently, when you, when you show up in their lives week after week, and you demonstrate to them that they are a priority to you, when you love them faithfully in spite of their behaviors or their performances, love over time does something amazing. Love over time is the best way to give a child worth. Here's a key point to consider. Kids need to learn, learn to love themselves while they are kids. Kids desperately need adults who will love them in a way that will convince them that they are worth something when they are young. If kids don't feel loved when they are young, they may never love themselves in a healthy way. And if they never learn to love themselves, they may ultimately self-destruct. So, the way you love your kids, while they're kids, can dramatically affect their future. That's why we need more adults to step up. It's time to get serious about loving your children, the children around you. Most research, research seems to suggest that the younger the recipient, the more powerful the impact. 
Love is like investing. It gains shares. The sooner you start paying it in, the larger the return later. The longer you wait, though, the less you get back. Simply put, investing in someone's life as a child will earn more interest than if you wait until they're adults. When you start imagining the future of a child, you will start investing in them now. Have you ever given any thought to who's going to take care of you when you get older? If loving a child early begins to build a healthy sense of worth, rejecting a child early can tear them down. One of the best ways to show to the one of the best ways to do that is to simply prove it. But how do you prove love? The same way God did. Have you ever stopped to think about the fact that the entire story of scriptures is about God pursuing a relationship with us over time? Regardless of our behavior and our messes, he kept showing up, and he keeps showing up. God never turns his back on his children. He will always be there. Finally, he sent his son to walk with us, to be physically present so we could touch and know him. You prove love as parents and leaders the same way. You simply decide to be physically and consistently present week after week after week. And remember, kids will test you. Oh, will they test you. They want to know if you truly want to be there, if you want to spend time with them, if you truly love them. And they probably won't believe you at first until you prove to them that you do want to be there and you're there week after week after week. And also keep this in the back of your mind. The window of time in their lives as children and teenagers is a key opportunity to us for us to give them a sense of worth and value that they will need for life as adults. That's why I argue that what you do for a child or a teenager is more important than what you do for an adult. If you are showing up in the life of a child or teenager each week, be it Hope Kids or Aftershock, then what you're doing is extremely important. Just remember, how you love them now will affect how they feel loved later. And our last one for today is words over time. We all have a tendency to underestimate the weight of our words. We can say and mean one thing, but it can actually be taken across completely different. It's simple. Words allow you to think, see, and interpret the world around you. It seems like words must be a big deal to God. After all, everything started with a word. The first words ever spoken were God's. Let there be light. I don't know, I wanted to throw some drama out there. Maybe it's no accidents that no accident that words have been helping us to see over time. But like all things with power, words have the potential to do as much damage as they do good. Words can be used to love or to hate. Words can be used to encourage or tear down. Words can be used to open doors or shut them. What you say probably has more of an impact than you think it does. Maybe that's why 
an early Christian leader named James warns us that words are just like the bridle on a horse or a rudder on a ship. They are small things, but they have a tremendous influence on the direction that we are going. And when you put words over time, something even more significant happens. They aren't just something you use to win Scrabble or words, something you tweet to get more followers. Words over time actually become a collection of messages that impact somebody's direction. It's easy to take words for granted because you use them every day. But the words we use not only affect what we see, they affect how we influence others to see. That's why words over time, the words you decide to give a child and teenager are so important. Every time you speak, you are reinforcing or expanding their, their vocabulary. You are giving them words that will shape how they see the world, how they see themselves, and how they think about God. Your words will help them imagine and understand the things they can't see so they can keep moving in a positive direction. Actually, when you put your words over time, they do something unique. Words over time help kids reason. It's really not that complicated. You need words to think. So the more words you have, the more I the more ideas you have to ideate. Intuition you have to intuit, or thoughts you can think. If you, give, if you want child to be, ha- to be able to reason, they need words. One of the greatest indicators of a child's future success is vocabulary. This is why the US Military Armed Forces qualification test gives twice as much weight to verbal, or ver- verbal scores as it does the math scores. And that's why your SAT was weighted more towards verbal abilities, two to one. They are acting on the behalf that the greater your variety of words, the greater your scope of thinking. If you want to help a kid or a teenager be an innovator, problem solver, and learner, then give them words. Because if they never expand their vocabulary, they will never grow up to be or they, if you never expand their vocabulary, they will grow up to be limited, stuck, and dependent. If words in general help us think, problem solve, and learn new concepts, a few select words have the ability to shape the way we feel, the way we hope, the way we dream. If you want a child to know they matter, then make your words matter. When you talk to them, and when you talk about them, the words you use matter. The words you use can set them up to feel significant, valued, and unique. Or the words you use can unintentionally limit them, box them in, and make them feel trapped. I'm a DIYer, or DIYer, excuse me, (laughs) do-it-yourselfer, always have been. Ever since I was little, if something broke, I always tore it apart to see if I could fix it. When I was a teenager, I had an elderly gentleman who knew me very well, and I knew him very well, come up to me while I was working on my car, asked me what I was doing. I said, well, the engine's not running or it's missing. I'm just trying to fix it, trying to make it run better. And he said these words to me. He said, ah, a jack of all trades and master of none. 
innocent enough, right? But let me tell you, those words hit me hard. They made me wonder. But you know what? I don't know if he meant to compliment me. I don't know if he meant to insult me. And I will never know what he actually meant by those words because I never asked him, and he has since passed. But those words still stick with me and still haunt me today. So, as a parent or leader, you might not get many of those type of stories. You won't, may not know whether or not your child was affected by the words you gave them. And you won't often hear things like, Wow, I never thought about it that way. Thanks, Mom. The words you made, those words made me feel so loved. Or, when you said that, it changed how I think about it. But over time, the words you use are making an impact. They communicate value. And communicate value to the children in your life over time. And this can help them win. One more thing. Words over time help kids believe. You are literally giving kids spiritual vocabulary when you give them words over time. And remember something else. What you say to a kid will probably not matter much to them unless they know it matters to you. That's why words over time have a greater impact. When you are present in their life consistently, when you like hanging around them, it will affect how they hear what you say. It is really interesting how long a child will, or how loving a child will change how you say what you say, and loving a kid will also change how they hear what you hear, what you say. So when you say something this week, say it so it matters. Say it so someone knows they matter. Because a few words have a lasting influence. They can impact, impact the direction of some young's, young one's life. Let us pray. Dear Father, Thank you for the time you have given me to spend with my children, my grandchildren, my young friends and hope kids, my friends in Aftershock. I pray that they all know how precious they are to me and how much I really want to spend time with them. I pray that the words you have given me that I have spoken to them over time will make a positive difference to them, Lord. And I pray that that, that difference makes them or brings them closer to you. Lord, help me to never forget that the things I say and the things I do influence a child and a teenager. If these words I have spoken today resonate, resonate with you, maybe you have, may you have the courage and the strength to act upon what God has placed on your heart and get involved in a child or a teenager's life. Be there for them week after week after week investing your love and your positive words. We are all children of God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.